welcome everybody today's uh, edition in our holiday series for the Jersey Baseball Show. We've got former Sandlot legend, uh, current UCF uh, star, um, Central Florida, Connor Stain. Connor is uh, North Jersey. We'll, we'll kind of go through some of his, uh, his high school escapades, uh, talk about his time um, post-Sandlot transfer, or actually time in the Cape Cod League. Um, transferred down to UCF for this year, how he uh, seems to be enjoying the warmer weather than we have up here. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the obstacles Connor's dealt with along the way as well. Connor is a, uh, has a Tourette syndrome. Um, talk about, you know, how that, uh, how he, you know, recognized that, some of the things that he's had to deal with, how he does, and, you know, get some messages out to, to some of our younger guys, um, how, you know, on, on overcoming obstacles. Uh, putting themselves in a great position to succeed. And uh, hopefully we hear, hear our name called this summer when it gets to uh, to draft time. So so welcome, Connor. Good to uh, good to see you. Yeah, appreciate it, Ocean. Thank you very much. You know, happy to be here and excited to uh, get the show on the road. Absolutely. So uh, so let's talk weather, first of all, now that we're down at uh, UCF. I know you were complaining about it being in the, uh, the low 60s today, feeling a little bit cold, but... Uh, you know, what's it what's it like being sunny and beautiful and wonderful every day and being able to play baseball? You know, it's it's great. It's wonderful. I mean, especially being from the north, you're not accustomed to it. So when I first got down here, I was like, man, I really got to stay hydrated because by the first week of just individuals, <clears throat> I was sweating more than I ever thought was possible. So that was a that was a tough transition, but it was it was awesome. It's it's amazing. You know, our entire fall. Not a single, maybe once I had to wear a sweatshirt outside because it was a little chilly, but you know, I got a good farmer's tan and it's almost December. So uh, there's no complaints here. That's, you know, something <laughs> I really, really look for and it makes your arm feel great. So from a baseball perspective, it's even better. For sure. For sure. And I, yeah, I mean, that's never really been an issue for you. You said you hit up to, uh, to 98 in the fall here and uh, still getting close to what we all think is, is possible. And that's the, uh, the triple digits, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, definitely a velo spike since we've been here. Like I've hit, you know, around around those numbers um, in the past. Uh, last year I did a couple times, hit sevens. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, everyone talks about it and everyone knows, you know, the fall, everyone's bodies are still getting accustomed to throwing. And you, we throw a ton. But the spring is where you see guys kind of really light it up. Um, so I'm hoping that when the spring rolls around, you know, I'll be sitting uh, consistently, you know, 94, 96 um maybe 94 97 and hit a couple of triple digits over the course here you know that's a a little milestone I'd like to achieve for myself amongst other things but um I feel like that'd be pretty cool definitely something I would uh put in my trophy box in my head absolutely um so so we'll you know going back a couple of years right um West Morris uh state championship um you know obviously first two years at Maryland this past year you know, certainly some ups and uh, ups and downs. I guess probably an inconsistency is in the best way to to say it. But but uh, you know, take us from there to really going up to the Cape Cod League. Um, you know, being in the transfer portal at that time, really needing to have a, a strong summer to find your next kind of you know step in the journey. And and from there, you know, how you really were able to go out up to up to the Cape, show what you can do, and how that got us to uh, to here down to UCF and. And what a great program they've got there. And, and, you know, you can see why people are saying if, if somebody's, you know, just outside of that elite level that's going to make it to the, 
you know, Supers or the, or the World Series, they're always on the list. Yeah, I mean, you know, going, going all the way back to, you know, high school, which is slowly starting to feel like an eternity. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't have complaints about high school. I had a great high school uh, career. I had a great situation I was in. Obviously, you know, my dad taught at my high school, made things a little easier, especially transitioning as a new kid. Come back sophomore year, you know, get a little better. We're seven and 17. Junior year, we flipped that script to 17 and seven. Um, but it was just that mindset. Like we all, we all had a feeling we could win a sectional title. So for us going back and just getting to my senior year, we all knew we had something in us to achieve it. Obviously, Aiden Healy, who, you know, when was at Furman, VCU, now Rollins, kind of similar approaches to what I had. Um, uh, Nick Calgary, Spreezy, you know, playing at uh, Angelo State and then transferring to Mercer. And now he's at Ranger, who, you know, I keep in touch with him every day. He's doing great down there, really standing out, which I couldn't be happier for him. But that was awesome, winning that championship first in school history. Um, you know, people tell you close the, close the yearbook, but you can't for stuff like that. I'll always hold that close to my heart, you know, on top of, you know, certain things like playing in the Morris County uh, final against Jack Leiter. I mean, you know, first off, kudos to that guy for being, you know, second pick overall just absolutely outstanding you know college career um he's a guy I like to chase after because he's you know same area played him a couple of times been around him as you know for a long part of my career so um, couldn't be happier for him but it was really good so you know heading into college you know um I was definitely big fish in a small pond in high school and uh, you transition to college and you're a small fish in an ocean yeah. and uh hard transition sometimes so you know I had my hard transition my freshman fall uh ran into some problems academically and athletically uh, I had to rebound you know I had struggles I was off the team in the fall I don't know how out there that's been but um you know you can't hide the truth so you might as well air it out uh, I had some problems was not on the team in the fall I had to my coach actually said I have like a one percent chance of being back on the team uh when you know I had my talk with him in the fall and I was uh suspended and um, I was like, all right, fine. Like, I got to show my worth. So, you know, I worked my tail off, got my grades up, took two winter classes, got my grades up there as well. Came back in the spring, worked my tail off in the weight room on the field. Um, and, you know, freshman year, I ended up having either the most or second most innings out of relievers as a freshman. You know, sub three year a really, really good year. Unfortunately, COVID cut it short. But, um, you know, that gave me time to, you know, play in the San La League. Have a good time there. Got to play with my buddies from high school, Aiden and, yeah. and Breezy, which was incredible because, you know, we never thought we'd play with each other, with each other again. So that was fun. Um, and then from there, you know, it, it was just great. You know, I got got to work harder, got to get stronger and bigger. Um, I was still a twig at that point, but it is what it is. I was definitely twig feeling better. It looked like you had room to fill out still. I mean, there was no question, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I still do, but I'm definitely weighing in a lot more than I uh, – used to but um you know going into my sophomore year in maryland um a little bit more buzz around my name which is always nice uh got back to campus you know we worked hard in the fall had a good fall whole team looked special we knew we were capable of something and um we get into the spring you know rough rocky start we go one and three against michigan state um i think for us it was like we almost just it was a dark horse story like we had a really rough uh first half of the season and then we just turned it up the second half of the season. I mean, I, I don't, we, we almost won like every, if not won, every one of our uh, series that we had for the second half of the season. Like uh, it was just incredible watching the team, 
you know, being in 10th place in the Big Ten at the mid-mark, people kind of just discrediting us, saying we're out of it, and us thinking we got something special here because it's just – it wasn't one guy. It was the whole team working their tail off to be there and want to do something special. And, you know, we make our first regional since 2017, um, make it to a regional championship, and, you know, we just fall a little short. It was a great game, really good time playing at ECU. I mean, they had like 11,000 fans at like one of their highest records. It was, it was unreal. The, uh, the caliber of electricity that was at that stadium. But at the same, it's something I won't forget, win or loss, it was incredible. Um, but, you know, I want more than that. So, yeah, we get to the Cape, um, really awesome time, great teammates. I think I had, you know, the best coaches around. They just, you know, they didn't pressure you. They didn't make you do anything you didn't want to. Um, it's tough. You got, you know, 20 pitchers who all are fighting to be starters and who are all starters at their schools and whatnot, you know, you kind of just got to go whatever role they give you. Um, but the team was great. I mean, we went up and down. They end up winning, you know, that we went end up winning the Cape Cod championship, which is awesome. Getting some nice rings for that. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it was kind of that minor uh, pro baseball field to it. You know, at the field every day, you know, maybe one day off. Um, and on that day off, you typically don't take it off. Um, you know, all the guys are there for the same reason. We all want to make it to the next level. And the coaches, it's, it's on you. Like, the coaches are there, but no one's, like, calling you at 1 o'clock if the game starts at 2 and you're not there. Like, if you're not there, it's a reflection upon yourself. So everyone was working hard. You know, some guys stayed, some guys left. I personally left, you know, with maybe, like, five games left in the regular season. So I wasn't there, unfortunately, for the uh, postseason, but I couldn't really do much about it. Um, but it was awesome. You know, I had a really good time down there, had a good season. Um, and then that was important, especially for, you know, getting into another school. Because once you hit that transfer portal, I'm pretty sure when I, when I entered, because we were in uh, regionals and I hadn't told my coaches, obviously, because I needed to have that conversation with them, not in season. Right. Um, you know, there was 1,300 kids in the portal. And you're thinking, you know, yeah, there's probably some star players in there for sure. But I wouldn't have considered myself a star player at that time. I had a rough season and um, it's hard to sell yourself aside from velocity that, you know, you belong at a program. So I knew I had to have a good uh, summer. Uh, fortunately, I had a good one and um, had a couple big schools that were really interested. You know, I think it came down to uh, UNC, uh, Florida State was another big one. You know, a couple uh, West Coast teams and then uh, Texas Tech was another big one as well. So it was really, really cool going through that process again, as much as it was uh, tiring, you know, having to talk with some SEC and ACC programs and just not knowing where you'd fit in. Um, it was also awesome. It kind of it brought me back to, you know, high school and how much fun that was. So finally, you know, I, I'd been wanting to go to a Florida school. I wanted somewhere south where I could be warm. And, you know, I had my teammates, uh, Alex and Hunter, who both play at UCF. They were talking to their coach. I'm like, listen, man, like whenever he wants to have a call, like I'm ready for it. I'll, you know, I'll take it whenever he wants. And sure enough, talked to Adi, the pitching coach, a couple times, um, you know, pretty normal recruiting conversations. And then I get a call from Love at the field. And uh, I'm like, all right, I got to take this one. So he calls me, answer it, you know, gives me an offer. And it was toward the latter half of the summer. So, you know, it was kind of things winding down because I was taking as much time as I could and um, gave me an offer. I talked to, you know, my family and a couple other people and you know, let them have a conversation with him as well. It seemed like the right fit. And uh, I just hit the green light, you know, literally six hours later, told him I'm on board. So 
whether or not people want to call that impulsive, I just call that, you know, things happen for a reason, right place, right time. Uh, I was ready to make that move. And now I could not be happier with where I'm at. Yeah, I think you kind of spend the whole summer preparing for it. I wouldn't think that was impulsive at all. It's it, when you when you do all your thinking before the big moment, it's 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 not impulsive. It's yeah. kind of the opposite, right? Like you've thought it out already. No, yeah. I mean, and now I I honestly could not be happier. Like I don't yeah. think there would be anywhere I'd be happier at with how much we work and this is no discredit to Maryland. It just it's a different environment. Like I mean, you always find guys on teams, you know, or just just want to be college ball players or, you know, just want to fit in or just want to play because it's their last chance to kind of play the child's game before getting a real job. But I mean, everyone here works their butt off like nobody wants to be average. And that's from start to finish. You know, I got there and we're doing individuals. I'm thinking it's going to be light and easy. I finished my first workout. I'm like, I have no clue how the heck I'm going to make it through this winter and this fall. Like, it's just a totally different dynamic. So it was a good shock to the system. We work hard every day. Um, the coaches are great. And I mean, just the stuff we do, like there's no wasted time. We don't get in there to waste time. You know, we have our lifts in the morning and now in the winter, our lifts are a little heavier and a little bit longer. I mean, I, I was in there this morning for probably an hour and 45, but there's no wasted time. Like you're not messing around. Everyone wants to get to work. Jeremy, our strength coach is frigging a stud. And like, I wish, you know, I'm happy I have him because once pro ball hits, I know who I'm coming back to for my strength training. Yeah. And, uh, and it's in Florida. Did we mention, did we mention that? Yeah, I don't know if we said anything about Florida yet. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Aiden ended up in, in, in Florida and, and, and Breezy ended up in, in Texas. So I just feel like you guys, it, you were probably too soft weather-wise and, and just <laughs> to get down somewhere warm all three, I guess. Yeah. You know, Breezy's got a, Breezy's got that tough skin, so he didn't have a problem with the cold in Jersey, but I know damn well he's loving it down there in Texas where it's still yeah. 85 degrees. And, yeah, you know, and, same and, with Aiden. and he's got some Texas blood in him anyway, so he, he wanted to Absolutely. go kind of back home, I guess we would say, for him, really. Oh, yeah. That, you know, he loves it down there. He's always wanted to be in Texas. That's why, you know, he was at Argyle first. Um, coming back to Jersey for him was, you know, he just needed a place where he could play and promote himself again. Um, and it worked out. It was great for him. You know, Mercer is a, a very good um, community college. They did right by him um, and he did right by them as well. You know, he got what he needed done, yeah. you know, has, you know, he accomplished what he wanted to there. He's got a school he loves and he's back in Texas. So, I mean, you know, he couldn't be happier. I know Aiden is absolutely ecstatic with, you know, where he's at in his program. I know they've been done for a little bit now. Um, typically those schools do end a little earlier, but uh, he's loving it. You know, I talked to him. Not as much. It's just I. It's just so busy. It's hard to keep in touch with these guys. But yeah. we've been all talking more since we're all coming home soon, and uh, you know it's going to be great doing that. Get back to the high school and work out with all of them again. Um, you know, hit up total arm care with Drown. Get a pitching in, and then just catching up for the first time in you know probably six, seven, eight months, which would be the you know I haven't I haven't been that far that far away from my friends and family for that long probably ever typically it's you know a couple months I can drive home because Maryland's three hours away but now it's don't want to take a flight no I hate flying during this time and not to mention like I have my car down here I'm personally for me I'm driving up the coast when I go home for winter break because I'm going to catch my mom in uh, South Carolina then go catch some friends in Maryland and then you know I'll make my way back to Jersey around the 14th or 15th to see everyone else but um 
yeah, it's, it, to be honest, like it's, it, I couldn't be happier with my situation. You know, the distance sucks for my, my parents and friends and all that, but they all understand and they all are on my side and back me up hundred percent on it. The good thing now is it's so easy to watch everything on TV, at least, yeah. you know, they'll, see, they'll see you probably more than they want on the, on the mound anyway. Hopefully that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are your main, what's your main goal now or goals between now and, and the end of the season draft day to really, you know, is it, is it a consistency thing? Is it just working to get better every day? Is there a specific, you know, kind of thing in your mind or level in your mind that you got to get to? How do you approach it this off season? Yes. I mean, there's obviously, you know, it just as well as everyone does, like there's, there's no stopping. You can't take a break, especially if you want to put yourself in a good spot for the draft. And, you know, I have my eyes set on a certain, um, a certain round for myself and that's how everyone is. Everyone has eyes set, but it's not my, you know, my number one goal right now. My number one goal is to just keep getting better. I want to put more weight on. Um, I want to get more consistent. You know, I had some uh, things this year where I uh, had to, you know, look from another perspective, not just from your own, because sometimes looking from your own perspective, you don't see things. So I had a couple of good conversations with some people. Um, we just talked about what needs to get done. Um, everything's looking really good. You know, there's some flashes of some big time stuff, but you got to work on, you know, you can never be too consistent and have too much command and have enough control. So that's a big thing. I want to work on that as much as possible. Um, there's a lot of stuff I'm doing with Adi to work on uh, body control and, and functional strength. Um, and obviously, you know, I want to have a good ERA. Like that's a big thing when it comes to the season. And on top of that, I just want the Velo to keep, you know, progressing. When the Velo progresses, you know, as everyone knows, the harder you throw, the harder it is to hit, especially if you have good stuff to back it up. So those are some primary goals personally, but um, for the most part, I really just, I want to win. Like, I don't care what it takes. Obviously I want to go as deep into games as possible and be, you know, that dude. But I just want, you know, this team made, uh, you know, their conference tournament last year for the first time in school history. And it, that's, you know, younger program, younger school, but that's still a long time. You know, they've been around since, you know, I think the sixties. Um, so that's a big step for them to, you know, be in that position in the conference championship and just to fall short to a team who, you know, made a good run in USF. Um, you know, I don't want that this year. I want us to be that team who's going to win the conference championship, put that ring on our finger, you know, win the I-4 series that we have between us and USF. And I, you know, I don't have anything against USF, but I'm at UCF now. So I hate you guys for the most part. Um, and that's just how it is. That's how I play. You know that everyone knows that. Right. But, uh, I want a conference championship and I, I think this team has the capability to do something really special and make a run for the college world series. And, um, you know, most people won't know that. I think I'm in a similar position in regards to us being a dark horse as we were at Maryland, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. We have another pitcher, Will Saxton. He's a lefty um, fifth year, but he's a lefty. He's up to 97 um, big time arm. He's, you know, got a lot of stuff going on with, with scouts and pro people and stuff like that. And, you know, we got a crazy good infield. Um, our outfield's looking good, too. I think we're going to make some noise, and that's going to be from the start of day one on our opener against Siena. But uh, I think there's something special here, and I think that's just, you know, that, that's my biggest goal. It's just I want this team to win, and once the season's done, you know, then I can have those conversations about money and rounds and what teams are the best fit and who wants me more and who's going to give me the best opportunities in the minor league affiliates and stuff like that. But, you know, until 
June kind of rolls around or July, then my biggest goal is just whatever I can do to help this team win. That's all I, I care about. Absolutely. After the, uh, after the break here, we'll take a short break, but we'll, uh, Connor was diagnosed with Tourette's at age nine. And uh, we'll talk with uh, Connor about some of those obstacles, how we can, you know, how, how young guys can, can overcome things, uh, you know, belief in themselves and, you know, get that message out to everybody. You're watching the Jersey baseball show with Connor Stain. I'll be right back after this. Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. Back here on the Jersey baseball show, we are here with our special guest, Connor Stain, former uh, Sandlot legend, now at the uh, University of Central Florida. You know, happy to see his uh, his strong fall and, and getting ready to see if uh, if UCF can can take over the state and, and do what USF did. We, we finished with them last year and maybe take that last step. And I hear Omaha's a pretty nice place in June, but did wanna, did wanna talk about one um, very important thing. Don't know that everybody knows, but, but Connor was diagnosed with Tourette's at age nine. Um, wanted to talk about that, some of the obstacles that that, that that caused, or I guess, you know, what happened that led to that. Um, you know, how that's impacted you, um, how it's affected your ability to, to kind of handle adversity, realize that, you know, you're capable of anything and, and, and what we want to get out to, you know, people who are, you know, either in the same position um, trying to play or, or dealing with something else in their life that, that people might, you know, look at them a little bit weird or say that, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, obviously diagnosed at a young age. Um, my dad was not diagnosed because it really wasn't, Tourette syndrome wasn't a thing, you know, when he was young, but yeah. I've had conversations with him all the time, obviously, you know, father, son bond stuff. And we've had conversations where, you know, he told me he had kind of this similar situations where he just couldn't stop. Like his thing, big thing was like sniffling and stuff like that. And, um, you know, grandma obviously in that time she wasn't you know sure what the heck it was so for her it was a little bit difficult to kind of comprehend and obviously it was harder for her to understand but now she does and now he does and um yeah being diagnosed at a young age you know my parents kind of picked up on it with like me kind of making a hum noise um they thought I was just like curious about something when I was watching tv because I'd always do it then um sure enough my dad kind of picks up you know it might be Tourette syndrome go see uh Dr. Gold, a uh, doctor in New Jersey when I was young, very young, um, might even have been before I was nine, but I know that I was diagnosed this time. And uh, he kind of just ran through the whole, the whole um, test, you know, gave me, I was there for about a couple hours. And uh, sure enough, you know, I wasn't aware of what it meant when I was that young, but my parents were, um, he offered medicine. My parents are completely against that especially my dad, because um, there's a lot of side effects to those things. So yeah. for me personally, it's just been, it's just become a part of who I am. Like I'm very, very confident with it. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people know the tattoo on my arm, if it's easy to see, there's the Relentless and the T and the S are in teal, which are the national colors for uh, Tourette syndrome. So, you know, it's, it's embranded on my body for the rest of my life. And I'm more than happy to be somebody who has Tourette syndrome and be able to be an advocate for anyone who has Tourette syndrome or other disabilities or disorders that, you know, they feel don't make them different, but just make them special in the best way possible. And that's kind of how I've taken it. You know, people ask questions all the time. My roommates are great about it. Um, everyone I've been around, I really haven't had problems, especially, you know, when I got into high school, obviously 
it's harder for younger kids to really comprehend it. So when I was in middle school and stuff like that, you obviously are going to run into a little adversity, a little bullying here and there, but um, took care of those things. My dad, you know, has been, has been my rock for it. You know, since I was a little kid, he used to come in uh, probably, you know, when I was from second grade to sixth grade, he'd come in every year. Um, the school was more than happy to do it. You know, he'd come into the auditorium, talk to about, you know, a couple hundred kids every time, let them know what Tourette's syndrome is. Um, almost every single kid's first question is, am I going to die because I have Tourette's? Because no one really knows what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and of course, the answer is no. It just makes you a little different. But um, I'm more than happy to have it. You know, I, I run through some struggles here and there, but I think the biggest thing is, is just, you know, you got to deal with it. Like you can't change the situation you're in. And I'm nowhere near the situation other people are in. Yeah, I've had my ups and downs. Yeah, I run through struggles with it. And sometimes it hurts me. Like sometimes, you know, I, the other day I tweaked my neck because one of my neck ticks. All right, so be it. Got to keep moving. But um, no, I, I'm, I, a lot of people look at it as a burden. I look at it as a blessing. It adds some more substance to who I am. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Definitely. Now, you moved to a new school, a new school to start a high school. Was, yeah. was that the, the toughest time? for you just I mean knew everything too on 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 top of that or was that you know was that when you were younger and maybe kids didn't really know and thought you were different you know I mean we we know you're you're different obviously but but you know but but not that way you know what I'm saying like when, when, when was the hardest time for you and how did you deal with it so I yeah I mean it's it's definitely around that time I probably would say freshman year of high school like you said, you know, I'm, I'm moving to a different school, been around the same kids for 10, 12 years, even longer, 14 years and uh, moving. It was just a big culture change. So, you know, I have to make all these new friends. Uh, I've already reiterated to everyone at home who I knew, you know, what Tourette's syndrome is, how right. I got it, you know, what I'm going to be like when I'm on it. And um, it was definitely a hard time just because it's, you know, you don't know how kids are going to react and being a new kid. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of substance around who you are. So, you know, when you kind of have something like that, maybe shy some people away, obviously for me, like um, certain emotions increase the response in my body. So it's a neurological brain disorder. So the neurons start firing more rapidly when mm -hmm. I uh, either have high levels of excitement, anxiety, nervous, have happy, sad. So all your major emotions can cause an influx of how many ticks you do in a day. So yeah, when I first got there, it was, it was a struggle. Um, but the best way I dealt with it, and my dad kind of taught me this at a young age, is you just have to be like confident with it. It can't be you shy away from it. You know, first thing I did my first day, a few days in high school, obviously you have 504 plans and stuff like that to inform teachers. But right. every teacher I had, I introduced myself, um, you know, let them know I have Tourette syndrome. Um, they all obviously knew what it was since being in the teaching community. They're sure they've dealt with stuff like that before. Mm -hmm. um and they're all you know welcoming with it and then as time went on the more friends I made the more people I grew close to um they all were super super loving and caring about it so I guess for me the biggest thing that helped me deal with it is just confidence like no matter what you have in anyone's situation whether it's you know me being the guy with threat syndrome and a couple other things like you know OCD and ADHD like you just got to be confident. If someone asks you about it, like you can't, you can't get offended by it. If someone says, you know, what the heck's wrong with you or will you stop? Just be polite and let them know you can't, like, it's just who you are. Um, and I think that goes for every kid who's got anything going on. Like just as long as you own it 
there's no one who can tell you otherwise. And that's just something that I think uh, I'm more than grateful for my dad teaching me that at such a young age, because a lot of people lose that sense of confidence when they realize, you know, the older you get, the more you understand how things are, you start to lose that confidence because you are different, but that's far from what I am. If anything, I'm, I'm proud of it. And I couldn't be happier to have my dad be the one to teach me that. Yeah, it's part of who you are. It, it makes you, it makes you uh, the, the person that you are right now. Um, yeah. You hear of people who have it that, you know, they, they're, they're, artist or a musician or a, a, a baseball player or whatever, when they're going through their periods of extreme focus, they're playing their sport, they're doing their music all, or whatever it is, it kind of goes away. Or is it something that you, when you're on the field and you're so focused and you're so tunneled in on, on pitching that, that everything else kind of slows down as it is and, 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 it, and you don't have those ticks? So I think, um, for me personally, it's more so that it, it doesn't run through my head as much. So when I'm, you know, in my room, like right now, like I know as I'm speaking to you, my brain's also firing. So I know for me, my blinking ticks are a big one. So I know when I'm blinking, I know when my neck's firing. Um, I know when my hands are tapping like this. I know when, it all, when it's all going on, almost like multitasking. But when I'm on the mound, um, you know, my roommates actually pointed out to me when we were playing Stetson for our uh, fall scrimmage at home. He said uh, before one of the pitches, and it happened to be like a 97, so he thought it was funny. But like I cracked my neck like this and rolled my neck, and I didn't even notice. I personally just had no idea. But um, sure enough, I did that. Um, people say, you know, they noticed my blinking ones. And it's because it is a high-intensity situation. There's a lot of stress going on. But to answer your question, I don't personally notice it. And I don't know if, if that is it almost like a subconsciously like subsiding for me from the time being. But um, it's almost like I don't have to worry about it because there's so much more to focus on and a lot more things going on that there's no time for my brain to send these signals like, hey, you've got to do this or you got to do that. It almost like bypasses asking and it'll just do it. Thankfully, nothing ever happens when I'm in like a set position or anything like that. Um, at least I've never had that problem yet. But um, I, think per I think it really is just something where, you know, you just get so laser focused that if it happens, you don't even know that it's happening. There's just so much more important things that are going on that you can't, you know, let your mind wander and start thinking about that because you got a batter in the box who yeah. trying to hit a baseball as hard as he can off you. So, so I guess the advice then to, to someone who is younger and would find themselves in a, in a similar situation or where they feel different or, or, you know, left out or something like that, or, or, you know, alone is, is just be confident and, and, and be yourself. This goes into the whole social side of things. And, you know, I'm not that type of guy, but, you know, I went through being in, you know, the no friend list uh, when I was very young. And, um, you know, I, th I think that's just how it is when you're a kid, you know, it's harder for younger kids to deal with it, but that's, that's when, in my opinion, it's more on you to be really confident in who you are because at that age, kids are just so naive and no one really knows what's going on. Like everyone's just going day by day, you know, who's got the coolest lunchbox and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, um, you know, I went from not having many friends, uh, having my close circle, and then I went to uh, high school and I made friends with my entire high school. And part of it, I'm almost positive, is due to the fact that baseball has been an outlet for me. But um, I would like to think that the confidence had a, had a big thing to do with that as well. And people being understanding, the more confident you are, I think the more people are just gonna be accepting of who you are because, you know, if you're proud of what you've become, 
then how is someone going to tell you anything differently? So, yeah, I mean, I think for any kid out there, you know, who watches this or finds any amusement out of this, it's just, you got to have confidence and, and that radiates to people, you know, confidence is a mental thing, but that radiates off of you almost like you're smiling and you don't even have to be. So I think, um, any kid who's got anything going on, you know, that's definitely the way to approach it. And if they have questions, I'm more than happy to answer them and help wherever I can, because, uh, you know, I want to be able to help as many people as possible. And, and that's what, you know, I intend on doing. If I get an opportunity to be on a, on a high platform, you know, I want to have my own foundation, want to do fundraisers and stuff like that. So, I mean, whatever I can do to start setting up that foundation for people to kind of look at me as somebody they could come to, I'm, I'm more than on board. Absolutely. No, we appreciate the time as always. Always good to talk to you, see how you're doing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I really appreciate the time. Obviously, it's always good catching up. You know, hopefully I'll get to see you and um, some of the other guys when I come back home. Obviously, that's, you know, the plan. See as many people as I can. But um, no, I really appreciate the time and, uh, you know, go Knights, charge on. That's right. All right. Our guest today, Connor Stain, UCF. Uh, certainly a pleasure to have him on the uh, on the show today, Jersey Baseball Show. We'll uh, we'll see you next time.